Welcome to the Rugby Leader and Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Rugby League Europe podcast. My name's Lee Addison and I'm your co-host with Italian Rugby League stalwarts, Carlo Napolitano. Carlo, you've got a long bio. I could have filled up this podcast with everything you've done, but how are you doing, mate? Yeah, very good, Lee. Uh, very good. And it's an absolute pleasure to be here talking to you, another Salfordian. And, um <laughs> You would have thought two lads who went to school at Hope High in Salford would be uh, doing a podcast podcast on the other side of the world. So, yeah, <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure. And I think <clears throat> the Rugby League uh, fraternity and, and uh, in and around Europe, um, you know, I think it's going to, there's, there's so much happening. Yes. Uh, I think it's going to be very exciting. Well, this, this podcast about all things European in Rugby League. And, and I think, one of the big issues right now, the biggest issue on everybody's plate is this Euro 13s tournament. What do you know about it, Carlo? Well, very little, to be totally okay. honest. I have, um, I have seen it bounce around all the uh, social media platforms, and I think it's, uh, I think it's one that's fresh, which mm. is quite mm. exciting, really. Mm. Um, and the beautiful thing about speaking to probably yourself about it is that I don't know too much about it, and we are going to get guests on who can... Uh, probably inform us a little bit more about what is going on. And I think, you know, me being the avid Rugby League fan and the involvement I've had through uh, the Rugby League Europe connections, I mm. think, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to asking some some really good questions. Mate, it's exciting. This team's from Belgium, Ireland, Hungary, Czech Republic, Spain, Holland, Turkey, Sweden, Wales, UK, Denmark and Moldova. And there's going to be draft venues in Brisbane, Atlanta, Birmingham and is it, how do you say it? Do you say Ling, Lingano or Lignano in Italy? Lugano. Lugano, okay. I mean, yeah. it's, got a very, it's got a very interesting flavour, all that. And I think um, we've just got so many questions to ask, so why don't we just get on with it straight away? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, Carlo, I'm going to let you introduce our first guest on this podcast. Away you go. Yeah, well, um, the next guest, or our first guest on, on the Rugby League uh, Europe podcast is is someone who's very close to me. Uh, he's, he's been uh, involved with the Italian Rugby League since probably its exception in 1995, if not 1997. Um, and uh, together with his twin brother, Simeone, um, he paved the way for Italian Rugby League and he's, he's an integral part of what we do. Uh, but he's also a co-founder of the Euro 13s. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely so proud to have Tiziano Francini um, on the call with us. How are you, Tiziano? Hello, Carlo. Hello, Lee. How are you? I'm good. I'm happy. I'm good. I'm happy to be here to explain uh, to our audience uh, a little bit more about uh, the competition uh, called uh, Euro 13. Excellent, mate. Excellent. Well, leading into that, into that, well, tell us a bit about it. You know, um, what is the new competition? Because I think the listeners want to know what it is. They've heard of it, but they want to know what it is. So could you explain it? Okay, before uh, before I can uh, explain the format and, and all the competition, uh, I just wanted to uh, tell you what uh, uh, what is the vision and what is the goal of uh, this competition. Euro 13 okay. born to revitalize the uh, the, the rugby league competition for clubs in Europe. 
because uh, there is a need of uh, having a domestic competition, uh, increasing numbers, increasing visibility, increasing uh, uh, development, uh, not in an uh, international level, but on the grassroots with the clubs. That's why uh, the, co the founders of this competition uh, has, have been for a long time and we came out with uh, this uh, competition just for clubs uh, with a vision to develop uh, rugby league in the areas where the clubs are based to reinforce the message, uh, to reinforce the, uh, the development and the image of the rugby league uh, domestically, where the, where the clubs are based. Uh, I believe uh, that uh, together we can achieve uh, a lot of goals, uh, especially if we involve uh, clubs so they have uh, the same uh, problems, uh, the same uh, attitude, uh, the same passion they, 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 uh, to um, coordinate and develop properly. Uh, this is the vision uh, we uh, Euro 13 has to deliver this uh, you're a well, Mr. Rugby League in Italy, from what I can gather, um, can you just go over some of your roles that you've had in Italian Rugby League, what you're currently doing for Italian Rugby League, how Italian Rugby League looks at the minute and what Euro 13s does for that? OK, first, uh, I've been involved uh, with Rugby League uh, since uh, 1995. <laughs> I was a player, I was 17 years old. Uh, Mick Petrano and John Benini took, took me and my brother, twin brother in Australia to play the Coca-Cola World 7 uh, with the Azzurri shirt and it was a dream for me. Uh, I was young, I was, I was uh, involved into a rugby league world that was amazing and I fell in love with the sport. Then I spent years. Uh, I spent years playing because I loved the sport. I loved. I loved everything about rugby league. Then uh, we had uh, a need to take back uh, rugby league in Italy. So in 2002, we started a uh, Italian rugby league federation uh, in Italy. And since then, uh, I covered. Uh, uh, various <laughs> positions, uh, <laughs> president, player, coach, uh, administrator, uh, <laughs> and everything, everything. <laughs> but I did it uh, all, uh, I, I managed this role uh, with a lot of passion. And I'm very keen to, uh, to expand and to make uh, rugby league uh, a very good sport uh, in Italy with the help of, uh, uh, of everybody that wants to be involved, especially with uh, the president, Horacio mm -hmm. Daro, which is a, is a very good friend of mine. And uh, he has, uh, like me, a lot of passion about, uh, about uh, developing and raising up the profile of the sport. In Tiziano. Then I've been involved. Well, on a second, so I finish. Then uh, I've been involved with the um, Rugby League uh, European Federation. I was there when uh, RLEF uh, born, signing uh, the founders' uh, uh, agreement in 2003. And then I started to be involved with the European, European Federation uh, as a tutor, as a coach. I delivered uh, coach education uh, in various countries, Spain, Hungary, Greece, uh, Holland, uh, and 
much more uh, countries. And finally, I'm, uh, I'm working, I'm involved with the work group uh, for uh, the International Rugby League Working Group to develop uh, Rugby League for Women. That's the story. Wow. So many mate, so many roles. I've known you for a long time in, with my involvement in the Italian Rugby League. And again, you know, some people can't be replaced. And, and I think Tiziano has that passion, one that was started with his brother, Simeone, who's no longer with us, unfortunately, and mm. you know, sorely missed. But the, the, the fact is that um, Tiziano wears so many hats and he does it with such passion. And uh, I'm sure the Italian Rugby League and Furl are in, are, are in great hands moving forward. I do want to ask one more question in and around, well, two probably questions really, around the, this new comp, the, uh, the Euro 13. Can you just explain to me what the, what the format is like? Is it a home and away? Is it a cup competition? How, how will it work in 2021, Tiziano? 2021, it will be the beginning of a long uh, way to develop rugby league in Europe. Uh, we will start in uh, 2021 with a cup competition that will be played every year since, uh, since right. then. The, the, it will be a, a cup like a Challenge Cup, one match. A, uh, play, uh, first round, quarter final, semi final, and final. Right. So uh, there is a a play a playoff system, and everybody starts from uh, from with the with the uh, start with the first game, and then who's better, mm. who's gonna win, and go on with the competition. Who's uh, who is a little bit weaker? can get eliminated, but they can have the chance to play for the, the next year. They play the nines in 2021, and then there is a lot of opportunity in the upcoming right. years. Okay. All right. So it is the good thing about this is, is there is eyes on the development, how it's going to grow, when it's going to grow. We've got 16 teams. That can really grow to 32 in the following year. Yeah, I think, um, again, very fresh. Uh, the Euro 13s, and I'm very, very excited about it. Another part that I'm really excited about, Tiziano, is the draft system. Now, uh, we've heard about draft systems in, in the NBA, in basketball, and the NFL, in, in gridiron, but we've ne and AFL, should I say, over in Australia, but we've never heard of a draft system in rugby league. Can you explain to the listeners what it's all about? Uh, basically, the system uh, is... Uh very similar to the draft system for NFL, NBA, and stuff. But we start from having some draft, draft camps uh, all, all around the world with uh, our coaches, with all the people that we involve to deliver and select these players. And at the end of the, the camps, uh, where they can train, uh, they can uh, get some... Uh, uh, rugby league uh, uh, training uh, training sessions, and then they're going to play a selection, some selection uh, uh, games during the last day of the the training camp. So everybody can have the opportunity to show themselves, show their skills, uh, and to be uh, introduced to the, the draft system. Right. 
At the end of the day, all the coaches are going to uh, make a list from 1 to 56 list where uh, they can be picked by uh, European uh, 13 uh, clubs uh, to reinforce their, uh, their really? club. Because our intention is... Our intention is to uh, have uh, to level up the uh, the level of the competition. Yeah, gonna... weaker teams uh, can have. No, I was I was just going to say, Tiziano, uh, with that in mind, it's about uh, making sure that there is, even though there's going to be strong teams, the the actual level of the performance will be leveled. So um, uh, the, obviously, uh, the draft systems or the draft players will then go to basically there'll be more draft picks for the weaker side or whoever's the weaker side to, to try and make the level as competitive yes. as possible. Yeah. Okay. We have, we have 16 teams. So, uh, and they're going to be uh, through uh, due diligence. We are going to have uh, a clear the potential of the clubs. So uh, from the first to four to fourth Team they can have a two pickup on the draft system. Right. From five till eight team, they're going to have three uh, pickup from the draft. Uh, from nine till twelve, four pickup, and from thirteen till sixteen, they're going to have five pickup to level up the competition. We don't want. We want everybody can uh, can compete in this competition with the, the same level or the same potential to have some full game and help the development of, of the clubs through this, uh, this project. Tiziano, this all sounds excellent. And if I may just close, I'm going to put you on the spot, if I may. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. I've noticed there's possibly only four spots remaining to be announced in the Euro 13's competition. I cannot yeah. imagine for the life of me that there will not be an Italian club in that competition. Can you tell us now, on this podcast, for a little scoop, who that Italian team is going to be? Uh, probably Carlo will know that <laughs> because uh, he used to work with us. <laughs> I know who it is. Who is it? Somebody tell it. Somebody I'll leave it on to Tiziano. Now, we'll, uh, we'll have uh, a team called uh, uh, Leoni Vanity. Wow. It, it, uh, it is, uh, we are going to base the, uh, the, the club uh, on, uh, on Veneto so we can use uh, uh, this uh, region to host the games. We can play in Padova, Verona, Rovigo, Venezia, Treviso, everywhere. So we can evolve and expand the image of Rugby League where uh, uh, Rugby Union is very well known. So to make change their mind to show rugby league at a high level, and we are going to have a revenue on the domestic competition. That's brilliant. And, and may I add, back in the day when we were doing this in the early parts, Tiziano, one thing that we did talk about, and I think, I don't know if you remember that, but we did talk about a uh, potential Super League side at some point from, from Veneto, the, the Venice Lions. And I think, you know, now seeing that come full circle and having a potential um, side from Veneto is, you know, I'm dead proud of that fact because we, we were seeing the development stuff that we did in 2002, 2003 actually starting to uh, come to come to fruition now, and I'm, I'm dead proud of everything that you've done, mate. So I'm really, I'm really happy, and I, and I can't wait um, for, for the Italian side. 
the point of putting a competition like Euro 13 together is just that, because uh, using this uh, uh, European champion, Championship or European Cup uh, is uh, to make uh, uh, people aware that rugby league exists. So it's good sport, good image, but instead of watching on TV, we want to deliver the image of rugby league uh, uh, on the grassroots. Yes. So involving people, involving uh, uh, everyone who that who that wants to be involved into the game can raise up their hands. Yes, I like it and can I can give uh, uh, an, an hand to the clubs, to the federation, and all these kind of things. Because uh, uh, Leoni Vanity is going to be the, the first uh, the, the first clubs, but uh, as a federation, we want to involve in the next uh, year in 2022 another club for the cup or for the championship. So uh, we can uh, uh, we can we can make rugby league growing in different parts of Italy. Brilliant. That's the goal, and that's. Why as a federation to raise up our profile and with this in mind we would like to copy this uh, this uh, developing format all around Europe Excellent. I think the best the best thing that we have done as Euro 13 is uh, is making uh, people aware that there is a, a club competition that can be uh, very useful to develop rugby league, yeah. not just an imaging, an internal and domestic imaging, but having a, a European imaging to attract sponsor, players, administrators, and all these kind of things. Because everybody has this need. Yeah, yeah. Very happy about the Moldova Moldova team coming from uh, uh, and the restart the rugby league uh, with us after so many years. I'm very happy about uh, all the people that uh, joined the Euro team because they sh they shows uh, it shows that uh, the, the, what we are de delivering is a uh, very high profile for everybody. Yeah. All right, Tiziano. Well, again, great to speak to you, and thank you very much for giving your time to the Rugby League Europe podcast. We're we're very thankful for thank you. you thank you, Tiziano. Thank you. Thank you to all. To you all, and uh, I look forward to to see you again. Yeah, me too. Our next guest, Carlo, we've gone to your heritage for the first guest. For the second guest, we're going to go to some of my heritage. All my mother's side were all Irish, and we have an Irish rugby league international legend, the 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 man of rugby league in Ireland, Mikey Russell. Mikey Russell, how are you? I was saying, you're not too bad. Who are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, first of all, it's been a while since I've been to Ireland in a rugby league uh, way. Can you tell me what how rugby league is travelling in uh, the Emerald Isle? Yeah, good. It's obviously uh, it's it's been a while since rugby's uh, been played over here with COVID and everything, and you know, it's trying to stay safe from the guidelines and everything. But uh, over the last couple of years, there's good stuff going to go through the domestic. Uh, over here and um, obviously trying to develop lads and um, give them opportunities over overseas over in the UK and, and the like so um, yeah no it's definitely improving here there's more teams uh, coming up every year and, and hopefully we're looking to build on that and uh, improve the game and uh, generate some growth within the, within the country 
Excellent, Mikey. Um, again, you know, an established international um, uh, with uh, with Stuart Littler, who's a dear friend of mine. Um, mm. You know, Dublin Blues, I, I remember Dublin Blues coming on the scene in 1989 as the first ever rugby league team uh, that was based in Ireland. Unfortunately, it ceased in 2008 and it was reborn in 2018. A competition like the Euro third, uh, European uh, or Euro 13, should I say, in 2021, I would like to get you what your thoughts are as a player and, and also a very passionate Irishman uh, about what, what, the, what it means this type of competition to you? Yeah, you know, so it's, uh, it's obviously good to, to have a team enter into the competition and, you know, um, I suppose just not even kind of thinking as a, as a country of Ireland, but uh, as, a, as a world basis that we're trying to generate the game and uh, get it on a bigger platform and, and compete with the, the bigger likes of sports like the, the soccer and the football and, and, um, and rugby union. So, um, it's obviously good to, to enter into the competition and, um, you know, we're, we're just looking to hopefully uh, build on it and hopefully it's going to be something that uh, it's going to be every year and um, we can improve the game um, throughout the country and, and throughout uh, Europe. So, yeah, looking forward to it as a player and it's obviously an exciting time, um, hopefully after everything passes uh, with COVID and everything so uh, we can get back on the pitch and uh, start start training and preparing for it. So, uh, really looking forward to it. Mikey, players and coaches talk. What are they all saying about this Euro 13's concept? Uh, uh, are people excited about it? Are people, have people got a lot of questions? Are people not too sure about it? What's, what's the vibe on the street in, in, in rugby league in Ireland? No, it's just a, everything. Every, everyone's uh, at a stalemate at the minute, obviously. Um, but we're, we're really looking forward to it. And, um, you know, we're... Tr- trying to get young lads involved and um, and this is going to be a springboard towards uh, developing the game and it, it's literally all about developing uh, rugby league within Ireland and um, trying to get as, as much growth as possible but no mm-hmm. it's it's definitely something exciting and it's definitely uh, it's it's definitely uh, for me personally as a player that um, I'm really looking forward to it and you know hopefully these we uh, opportunities might develop uh, individually and, and collectively within the team so um, no, there's definitely uh, there's a good bit of talk about it, and uh, no, we're we're really looking forward to it, uh, getting back together as a as a team and stuff, and uh, and preparing and hopefully putting on a good show. So, uh, uh, Mikey, just a couple of questions that I've got. Um, do do you have a do you think with a new competition and in the domestic competition, do you, do you think the, the Dublin Blues have a strong enough squad squad uh, that are capable of, of winning this type of competition? Oh, definitely. I, I think um, because uh, because we're we're gonna be a, a team kind of put together, and you know, some some of us uh, have played together before, and you know, especially I suppose myself and and a few of the other lads, uh, we've played we've played over in England, and we, we've played uh, competitively, uh, competitive rugby league uh, week in week out, that we can bring it back to Ireland, and and that's the aim, trying to develop the game and. Um, and develop the players within within the country. So no, definitely, I think uh, I know personally for me and, uh, and the lads and and uh, and the coaching staff we're, we're there to win. And uh, I definitely think that we will um, we will do well. And, and hopefully we'll just take each game as it comes and um, and uh, keep improving every game. So uh, no, definitely it's it's I'm personally looking forward to it. And I personally think we can uh, we can give it a good the, last the, year. So. The other thoughts, the other thoughts on um, the draft system. We've just had Tiziano on, who's one of the co-founders, and explained the draft system. Have you and your teammates and 
Um, you know, what's the thoughts around this kind of draft system? You know, potentially as a club, you could get a player that you've never played with before or never been a part of, and, and he could be coming as a member of your team. How, what's your thoughts on that, Mike? I think it's it, regardless of uh, whether if, um, we know him or we don't know him, or and vice versa. If there's a the player or uh, players going to different teams, that I think it's uh, no matter no matter what you can you can always learn. No matter how many uh, how how experienced you you are or you aren't, you'll definitely pick up something off each other. And I definitely think um, I I definitely think personally it's a good way of uh, incorporating players and and getting to especially grow the game and. Uh, it's about creating contacts overseas, and um, and uh, ho- hopefully, anyways, that uh, you're, you're definitely uh, you're sharing some knowledge that uh, maybe uh, that person um, might not uh, know of or is uncertain of, and, and vice versa as well. There's always definitely something that you can pick up from each other, so um, you can never be too knowledgeable. Every yeah, day, that's right. Day. Thank you. That's right. Yeah. Well, um, that's all the questions I've got. Lee, have you got any more? No, I'm good. Um, I just want to, with one word, which venue are you looking forward to playing at the most? Which which place in Europe are you putting a pin in the map and thinking, I want to play there? Oh, besides there, Dublin. <laughs> you have to say that. Um, there we go. There we go. The Dublin, the Dublin Tourist Board have just given you extra, extra credit there, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, Mikey. Extra, extra credit. Take care, Take care Mikey. You, Cheers, Cheers, thank you. Cheers, lads. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, Carlo, my next guest. I can promise you I've not got any family here. And I don't think you've got any family there. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know Rugby League existed in, in Moldova. But the man who's on the line now, Eugenio Prokopi, is the CEO of uh, Kishinau Scorpions in Moldova who are one of the teams in the Euro 13s. Uh, Eugenio, hello, and Rugby League in Moldova, please tell me. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks, first of all, for having me here. And, You're welcome. Uh, secondly, just awesome to, to be announced as a 12th team uh, to be involved in Euro 13s next year. Uh, it's a great opportunity, you know, to, to reborn the game of Rugby League in Moldova after, uh, an, uh, after a long break uh, we've had an awesome awesome history in uh, in this sport country uh, even internationally so it's really awesome to for this to be the first step to to reborn it what what's the what's the sort of story of rugby league in moldova eugenia i mean you mentioned there's been a break what can you give yeah. us a bit of a potted history yeah we so we've had a few teams competing nationally um i'd say I'd say a couple of couple of decades ago, like two decades ago, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and um, the level was pretty good because you know uh, the team has was was competing in uh, in the Soviet Union Championship as well. So you know it's it's a lot of competitiveness, um, and and you know it's uh, afterwards uh, it, this project this sport was was actually put on hold, and you know the reborn of uh, it, it's where it's when also the rugby union started, and I think everyone put more emphasis on that. But now mm. it's a great opportunity, you know, to regather and to to uh, to bring it back to life. Right. Yeah. Just you know, for, just for the uh, for the listeners out there, uh, Eugenia, where where is Chisinau in Moldova? How what's the nearest place that we would probably recognize? Um, so. 
we are as as a country uh, moldova is situated between uh romania and ukraine so we're a landlocked country um yep and i'd say we're uh same distance between uh bucharest in romania and kiev in ukraine so about 500 kilometers uh to both of these major cities and um i'd say i i'd I'd say that um, the we, we have an international airport. So I mean, we we're a, a <laughs> seven hundred and fifty thousand uh, people city. So it's quite a right. good sized city. That was that was going to be my next question about the population because again, <clears throat> this kind of affects the the draft system that we've just been talking about with all the guests that we've had on today because it is so exciting to realize that rugby league is potentially going to be doing a draft system. I think. Uh, again, just to assist with the stronger teams and the weaker teams. Now, where do you see Shisinau Scorpions getting the um, getting the draft picks? Do you think you're going to get more draft picks? Where do you think you're potentially going to sit? Uh, well, <laughs> look, this this is an awesome question, and uh, um, I think uh, purely because our the so far the other eleven teams are just awesome teams. Like I've seen, you know, their history. Uh, they've been in this in in this sport for longer than us, and um, I think um, I'll, I'm optimistic on this, and I think we'll be on the on the in the last four, I believe. Uh, so we'll most probably uh, we'll have uh, you know four to five uh, four to five uh, draft picks, and actually it's really exciting because uh, we our team as you know the Scorpions. Um, will be mostly formed of uh, players who who are playing rugby union. So I think this is a great opportunity to get some mixing and to get uh, those four to five players to help us uh, get, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the spirit of, of the league and, uh, and, you know, be, uh, help us become more, more competitive in the, uh, in the competition. Yeah. <laughs> um, Eugenio, if, uh, if a team travels to Moldova, um, if, if you came to England, for example, or Australia, you know, there's subtle cultural differences. So in England, they'd take you for a meal after the game in the clubhouse and um, they'd obviously take you to a pub while you were there. What what can people expect when they go to play a rugby league game in Moldova and at your club? Yeah, mate, mate look, this uh, our country is very welcome. I mean, our, our, our culture is awesome. Uh, we have very friendly and welcoming people over here. Um, we are mostly recognized for a very good wine for the listeners out there. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. I'm, I'm yeah. over there and I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, so uh, our wines are all over the world and, uh, you know, getting the best grades and, you know, all the medals and stuff like this. So um, I, I, I think this is the first thing we do. Plus, you know, we're also, uh, we're also fans of, and we believe in that, uh, uh, third half, call it this way, after the game is, is mm. done. And uh, we're, you know, uh, the players, everyone involved in the game are just, you know, having a good time and uh, yep. and uh, just having some drinks and, uh, you know. But but also the, the, the places are beautiful, uh, awesome nature, uh, lots of hiking opportunities out here. So I, I think it's a great place to visit. 
I think I listen. I, I would love to watch a game in Moldova. I think uh, I've been very fortunate to watch rugby league all over the world. I'm involved as a coach uh, in, in some of the World Cup qualifications in, in places like Serbia, and I, you know I think it's amazing to, f- to think that we we've got rugby league playing in Moldova. I think uh, Eugenia, you, you know, it's an absolute credit to you and, and all your staff. Uh, to really push through with this. Uh, having done a lot of work with the Italian rugby league in the early stages, what it's like. And there is, no matter what the results are, there's always a start point. And I think you've got to have that eye on the future. Uh, and it's not necessarily about where you are right now, where you can be in 10 years. And I think, you know, I think it's really, really refreshing to, to think that you and your staff are gonna, you know, have a team involved in a in a, in a European uh, competition. I think it's amazing. How do you see that you're gonna go, Eugenia? You think um, you think there could be a capable of um, a surprise result? Well, um, we have a lot of uh, physical guys, and you know, we've here uh, everyone is thinking Eastern European. You know, uh, if they watch more. Uh, you know, rugby union, for example, they see all these uh, tough, tough and big guys. And we're actually th- this this will be our our uh, um, strong side as well in this competition. And, you know, uh, we'll have a physical and tough team. Um, you know, we're 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 really looking forward because, you know, it's it's going to be a great, uh, great showcase. Uh, also, uh, you mentioned um, and Moldova is not really uh, ha- hasn't really had um, team um, you know g- great results lately in team uh, sport. So I would say rugby union has been crushing you know until three years ago uh, on being the, the 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 best you know teams team uh, sport in the in the country. Uh, and I think this will be a great opportunity also uh, to uh, to involve and to attract more youth into the game, which is our ultimate mission with, uh, with you know, uh, Kishno Scorpions. And then uh, later on with the plans of um, most probably, you know, relaunching the, uh, the, the, Feder- the National Federation and so on. Um, so, you know, it, having an, an international showcase for a team sport here in Moldova is very rare, a very rare thing to, to happen. So we're really excited about this opportunity. Um, Eugenie, just before we go, I mean, can you just give us a quick synopsis of where you see Moldova Rugby League being in two, five, ten years? I mean, obviously, Euro 13s is going to be a boost to that, but there's obviously a bigger picture. You want to be part of the bigger Rugby League family, don't you? Yeah, so um, Euro 13s has definitely been um, a huge stakeholder and a crucial stakeholder in this in this uh, in this plan, and uh, we've already uh, been uh, chatting uh, with you guys to uh, to you know firstly to as as number one step after after the um, after we're restarting you know with Kishno's court, this would be the first step to to. National Federation, uh, mm. then uh, also you know uh, uh, getting together a national uh, national team, uh, you know competing in the European Championships and you know potentially in in four in four years to to battle for for a for a spot maybe to the World Cup. Who, who, who knows? It's 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 really it's really great opportunities out there with the with rugby league. 
and in Europe uh, to, to grow and have international exposure. Also from the from from uh, from player side, we really want to to get uh, the numbers in rugby in general because our 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 mission will be also to get youth in rugby to facilitate at least getting them into rugby and then you know of course it will be the the, the ultimate choice will be up to the to, to the guys uh, but uh, because we're not so many peers we're not so many people to be very friendly both types of, both types of rugby so uh, we'll be uh, really engaging a uh, community all together and work together to grow the community now. Eugenie Great. thank you thank you so much you're a legend myself and Carlo are now going to go out and look for Moldovan wine um, <laughs> we'll, we, we, will, we will taste it and let you know what we think because you've given it a big a big rap there listen uh, all power to you mate good on you uh, yeah. all the best we'll see you around the traps and no doubt we'll have you on this podcast again some point in the near future yeah, thank, thank you very much, uh, Lee and Carlo, for having me again. And uh, looking forward to, to uh, reconnect with you guys. Stay safe, all right? Sounds good. Take care. Thank you, Gina. Yep. Well, that's our three interviews. We've been to Italy, Moldova, Ireland. Sorry, sorry. Italy, Ireland, Moldova. Um, I've not had any of that Moldovian wine yet, Carlo. Um, <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, people, uh, if, one, if they want to get in touch, um, if they want to talk about the, the Euro 13s, I mean, we've ended up talking a lot about that competition today. Their email address is admin at euro13s.com. Um, if people want to get hold of me, um, they can go to at Rugby League Coach on Instagram or on Facebook, at RL Coach on the net on Twitter. How can people get hold of you, Carlo? Oh yeah, just on Facebook, really. Just search for me, um, you know. And and it, you know, there's not too many Carlo Napolitanos <laughs> in the world, unless, well, especially with uh, a good-looking bald head like mine. So yeah. uh, the fact of the matter is, I'm pretty easy to find. And uh, my Instagram's at Carlo Nap. You can't get any simple than that. No. And um, yeah, I, listen, I think it's extremely refreshing, mate. Like I said, I've said before, um, we we have no bias between or, or even. Uh, any problems with you know any of the European federations or whatever it may be, NRL, Super League, whatever they may be, it's all uh, different. I think sometimes you got to think about uh, kind of. I know it sounds stupid, but I like a rev- revolution <laughs> in order. Sometimes it's not about the people who are involved in them organisations. It's about you know what they can and can't do with their hands tied. And there is no bad people in any organisation in my eyes, but the fact of the matter is you're only limited to the amount of money you can raise and therefore you can only do so much. Um, mm. And I think, you know, the founders of this competition have, have really, it sounds like they've been in frustration for a number of years and yet nothing has been done. So I, again, when that happens, it's only it, it's only inevitable that something like this is going to occur, and I, and I think it I think it has, and I think it's refreshing. Um, we did ask the curly question in and around is you know the Euro 13s is that where does the RLEF stand on it? And I think no doubt in the next couple of weeks we will have some some curly questions. <laughs> I can ask we'll be and I think we'll be able to unpack that over the coming weeks, and I certainly. Um, I'm keen to hear from anybody 
who challenges this, who has more questions. You know, why should this competition not happen? Um, you know, we're not uh, employed by the Euro 13s or anything like that. So, no. so we're, we're just independent rugby league people at the minute. And we like what we hear. And I like what I've heard from the three people, Tiziano, Eugenio and Mikey. They're all really excited about the tournament, Carlo, and they're all really excited about going to different countries and they all talked about growth. Did you notice all three of them spoke about the future of the game? And I think what I like about this, Carlo, is that they've planned for a knockout tournament next year, but then the year after they want to expand. And I think there's a, there's a clear strategy behind it. There's a clear strategy behind the way they've released the teams too. They've 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 drip fed. They've got people interested, and the Twitter followers have gone up. Yep. The Instagram followers have gone up. The Facebook likes have gone up. And I think that that it, it can only be good for the game. And any any naysayers, I think, uh, you know, yeah, bring it on. Let, let's chat about it. You and I will go will 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 go hell for leather and have a chat with them. But um, yeah. you know, we're gonna we're gonna come back with so many reasons. I think why this tournament is a positive for rugby league. Well, I think it is, but everyone has their own opinion, don't they, Lee? And mm. I think they're entitled to that. Mm. And, and again, again, I, there, I've, I have got so many questions in, flo- floating around my head. Remember, you know, you know me as well uh, as an administrator, as a develop uh, mm. development officer, as a coach, as a player. You know, this this competition is really, really exciting, mm. but also. It's a cup competition in 2021. What yeah. happens if you get knocked out first round? Is is that over? Uh, you know, there's questions like that in my mind. Yeah. And I'm going, there's a lot of work going involved just to play one round of rugby league. You know, uh, surely this can be a plate competition. There's got, you know, there's things like that yeah. floating around my yeah. mind. So I, I, I've got plenty of inf- uh, questions. And again, there are people with the opinion that this couldn't be good. This might not be yeah. good. You know, there's too much travel. There's cost involved. You know, Come forward, you know, by all means, this isn't a, a, just a promo for the Euro 13s. Well, I think it's a refreshing, but give your point of view so we can discuss it and have a chat about it. The important thing is having the conversation, having the basis for it. Carlo, who can believe it? Two Salford lads who went to school together in Australia talking about rugby league in Europe. Can you Adam and Eve it? It is bonkers, but <laughs> this is the new age of life, Lee Adderton. So, uh, yeah, in, in a way, it's unbelievable. But, hey, it's believable. You've been listening to the Rugby League Europe podcast with me, Lee Addison, and Carlo Napolitano. How do you say goodbye in Italian? Ciao, bello. Ciao, ragazzi.